If you believe that, put your hands together for Jesus. Yes. So I'm, I'm working on, we are working on our timings, amen? And it's working well, hallelujah. Amen. Now, for the past few weeks, I've been dealing with the subject of righteousness and uh, understanding the grace of God and understanding your salvation. And uh, I know as you continue to follow through, you shall be blessed. And I'm trying to round it up. Amen. How many of you um, were here last week? You were here last week. Raise your hand. Yes. I, I want to know what, what did you hear? What was some of your take home for last week? Anyone? You were here last week. What was your take home for last week? Anybody? Yes. Just be upstanding and speak louder so that everyone else can hear you. If you can help, somebody can help with the microphone. Yes, uh huh. Please, man of God, get a microphone for me. Yes, thank you. Be well. Yes. When I become born again, I attain the righteousness of God. Yes, we understood that when you become born again, you attain the righteousness of God. So, how many of you believe you are righteous? Yes, you have attained the righteousness of God. What is the in, that is the imputed righteousness of God? Yes. Anyone else? What was your take home for last week? Yes. One. Following my sister, mm -hmm. after we've been made righteous, it mm -hmm. is our responsibility to maintain the righteousness. Yes. Continue. After you have been made righteous, it is your responsibility to maintain your righteousness. Amen. Yes. Who else? Yes. Yes. Linda, at the back. I'm not a sinner because I've sinned, but uh, because Adam sinned, mm -hmm. and I'm not righteous because I'm perfect or righteous, but because of Jesus. Yes. You are not a sinner because you sinned. You are declared a sinner because of the sin of Adam, and in the same year, you are declared righteous, not because of your own works, but because of what Jesus did. Amen. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Come here. Yes, yes. Pastor Justice, uh-huh. Yes. Righteousness is a state that God gives me when I got born again. So yes. God expects me to walk in righteousness. Yes. Righteousness is the state that God gives you when you walk when you get born again. So God expects you to walk in righteousness. Amen. Yes. Yes. Guilt is not from God. Yes, guilt is not from God. You know, we understood that guilt and all negative emotions are not from God. Amen? Yes? From your place of confession to the place of possession. Yes, don't stay at your place of confession. There are some Christians, every day they are confessing their sins. That is immaturity. You must move from there. Amen? Not every day you are sinning and every day your prayer is full of confession. You must move from confession to the place of possession. You must grow in the kingdom. Tell your neighbor and say, grow in the Lord. Grow in the Lord. Yes, yes. Yes, Ruth. When God forgives me, he forgets about it. Yes, when God forgives your sins, he forgets your sins. Amen. God says, I will remember your sins no more. Amen. So you have got no business remembering your own sins because even your heavenly father has forgiven you and for 
gotten. Yes, Florence. Give it to her. Law and grace cannot coexist. As believers, we are children of grace. Yes, we are children of grace. Say, I'm a child of grace. Shout and say, I'm a child of grace. I'm a child of grace. Yes, law and grace, we understood, cannot coexist. The Bible says that the day that Isaac was weaned, Ishmael and um, his mother was what? Kicked out of the house. How many of you remember that? Yes, there are some people they are coexisting, mixing the law with grace. It becomes very difficult for you to understand um, who you are in Christ. Last person, yes. I learned that Jesus holds back the wrath of God that is meant to come to us. Come again. Jesus holds back the wrath of God yes. that is meant to come to yes. us. Yes, Jesus holds back the wrath of God. Somebody say, Jesus holds back the wrath of God. Jesus holds back the that was of one God. of the profound things we learned last week. Jesus holds back the wrath of God. Who can tell me the scripture? Who can tell me that scripture? Jesus holds back the wrath of God that was meant to come to us. Who can tell us the scripture? You have your notes. Look into it. Oh, you didn't write notes. That's what I told you to bring notebook and pen and you'll be taking notes. Yes. Jesus holds back the wrath of God that was meant to come to us. Huh? Huh? Psalm what? Psalm 103. Hey. Lord Jesus. Yes. First John. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Please, when I give you nose, um, Make sure you, you keep the nose. Amen? Yes. Now let's get into the word of God. Say, I receive the word. Say, I receive the word. I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. Word works on me. Say it again. I receive the word. I receive the word. I believe the word. I believe the word. I work on the word. I work on the word. The word works on me. Word works. Now today I want us to go through um, a few things, and uh, I know. Go with me to First John two. You said John 1 9. It was actually not John 1 9, but it's 1 John 2. Let's run. 1 John 2. Yeah, let's read from verse 1. 1 go. Everybody read it like your voice is yours. 1 go. My little children, mm -hmm. believers, dear ones, mm -hmm. I am writing to you these things so that you will not sin mm -hmm. or violate God's law. Mm -hmm. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate who will intercede for us. With the Father, Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one, who conforms to the Father's will in every way, purpose, thought, and action. The Bible says, now, Apostle John was writing this scripture. He says, I'm writing these things to you so that you do not sin. But if anyone sins, that means that the ideal is that you do not fall into sin. But he brings into um, 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 a light reality reality is that you may fall into sin it says if anyone sins we have an advocate who will intercede for us with the father Jesus Christ the righteous one the upright and the one who conforms to the father's will in every way purpose thought and action there is an advocate in heaven somebody say I have an advocate in heaven 
I want to see, say it like your voice is here. Say, I have an advocate in heaven. Have an advocate in and heaven. what he's doing is that anytime you fall into sin, he speaks for you and makes sure judgment does not come upon you. So all that Jesus is doing in heaven is that he's advocating for you and I. Hallelujah. Amen. He's speaking for, he says, if anyone sins, we have what? We have what? You know who an advocate is? Yes. We have an advocate. Okay. Who is an advocate? Yes. A mediator. Yes. Now, the advocate is mediating for you. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to the next verse. Verse 2. That is where we see. Now, what, what, I, what I was talking about. One, go. And he, that same Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. That holds back the wrath of God that would have otherwise been directed towards us because of our sinful nature. Now, what Jesus is doing is that, like I demonstrated, I illustrated here last week, anytime judgment is supposed to come upon you, he holds back the wrath of God. Anytime God wants to execute judgment on you, what Jesus is doing is to hold back the wrath of God from you. Hallelujah. So that you don't see the wrath. You only see the mercies and the goodness of the Lord upon your life. Are we here? Yes. So Jesus, the same Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. The atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would have otherwise been directed to you and I. Glory be to God. So anytime God, you carry your sin. Let me illustrate it again for those possibly that I mean, couldn't get it. For the, give, me, give me the, um, the box. Yes, somebody come, come, come. Yes, get it back. Yes, come, come, come. Yes, now, it's okay. Now, let's say, who Jesus? Now, give, um, you are wearing white, so let's assume you are Jesus. Give the. <laughs> now, anytime, okay, now, drop these bags. Let's do a different illustration. Separate them one after another. Yeah, good. Yes. You did drama in school, I guess. Yeah, now stand here. Stand here. Now, each one of these represents a particular sin in different times or different seasons of sin. So now, you are, um, I am God and you are Jesus. When I'm going to strike him because, so now, let's say you pick one sin. Now, once he sins and I, God, see it, what I'm supposed to do is to execute judgment on him. Somebody say judgment. So what Jesus is doing, Jesus is seated with the father, isn't it? Come on, follow me. Jesus is where? So now Jesus, now you are Jesus. Jesus is with the father. Now, anytime I'm supposed to execute judgment, yours is to what? Hold back the wrath. Are you concentrating? So, now this is the wrath of God. I'm supposed to execute what? Can I get a different Jesus? This guy is not focusing. When I'm supposed, this is, I'm executing judgment. Yours is to hold back the wrath. Yes. So now, he has picked the sin. So once I see the sin, I'm supposed to what? Execute judgment on him. But now he holds back my hand. So that judgment does not come upon him. But the only thing I give to him is what? Blessings. Amen. So, Jesus takes the sin. Jesus takes the sin and he receives what? So, the next thing he sings again. (laughs) 
and he's supposed to receive what? Jesus holds back the wrath, and the next thing he receives what? So, the Bible says Jesus holds back what? The wrath of God. These people don't want you to enjoy blessing. They are your enemies. Jesus holds back what? The wrath of God. Somebody say the wrath of God. That was meant to be executed on him. Now, you know, in normal, under normal circumstances, nobody is supposed to be living. Because you don't deserve to be alive for all the things you have committed. Is that not it? But God still gives you life. He gives you everything that you, you still get jobs. I mean, doors open unto you. Not because of the fact that you are perfect, because of the fact that Jesus is advocating for you to receive the blessing. So even if I'm angry, I don't want to give him now. He is supposed to advocate. He advocates for me, for him. Add him more. So now, I'm adding him more. Are you getting the point? So the point is, he is here advocating for us. The reason why some things happen for you is not because of you. It's because you have what? An advocate that is advocating for you. Glory be to God. Thank God for Jesus. Somebody say thank God for Jesus. Yes. <laughs> now you can have your seats. Amen. Yes. So. It's okay. Sit down. You know, it's, it's, just take, just take. No. But they are just saying tight. So make sure you're tight. Amen. So Jesus is the advocate that holds back the wrath of God. Now today I just want to take you through some terminologies. What does it mean when we say you are righteous? Somebody else? Who does it mean when we say you are righteous? Yes. Righteousness means what? Now, I want us to understand these terms. Number one, righteousness. Number two. Number three. Number four. Now, you need to see these are basics that you need to know as a Christian. Some of you are leaders. You, when we say, okay, now, if I'm to do a drill, there's a church in, 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 in the States and a preacher was preaching one day. And that is just, it happened just, uh, when was I in the States? Was it March? Yeah. A preacher was preaching one day, and the preacher calls all the, all the leaders. There are about a lot of pastors in the church. Calls all of them up and says, okay, now you, who is Jesus? The preacher had just been flown from Moranga to, to Seattle. And the guy calls all the pastors to get up. All of you pastors, get up. Pastor asked the pastor, who is Jesus? And everybody was saying something, saying something. All of you don't know the Bible. I realized that that was the last day that guy is preaching in that church. Now, what is justification? Anybody, when we say you are justified, and we have not gone into the 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 the, the definition. When, what, when we say justified, when we say you are justified, anybody? Okay, nobody knows. Well, at least you understand righteousness. When you say you are righteous, what does it mean? When you say you are righteous, what does it mean? No, no, no. Raise your hand. Okay, let me point. Anne, when you say you are righteous, you have been around for many years. 
Yes, right standing. <laughs> say you are righteous. To be righteous means to have a right standing with God. Amen? To be righteous means to have what? Now let's... Now, the word righteousness is synonymous to justification. Amen? Say righteousness. Righteousness. Means justification. Means justification. Now, say like your voice is yours. Say righteousness. Righteousness. Means justification. Means justification. Now, to be righteous means to have a right standing with God. When we say you are righteous, it simply means that you've got a right standing with God. It means to be acquainted of sin and declared blameless before God. So when this boy was speaking sin, the Lord takes off, Jesus takes off the sin and makes it look like he has not committed what? Sin. That means he's declared righteous every time before God. Why? Because of the fact that there is an advocate who is every now and then speaking for you. You have an advocate. Somebody say an advocate. An advocate. To be acquainted of sin means to be declared righteous. To means it means to be justified. Somebody say justified. Justified. Say I'm justified. I'm justified. I'm declared righteous. I'm declared righteous. Now I'm going to give you all these. All these definitions are from the Bible. I'm not picking them from anywhere. So you'll be able to see it for yourself. So when we say justification, it simply means to be declared righteous, to be declared blameless before God, to be acquainted of your sin. That is what it means. Please write it down because next week I will ask you and you have to answer me. Amen? You need to know these basic terminologies in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, Definition of righteousness is in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Now let's read Romans 5 1. It's in your Bible. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Definition of justification. Shall we read one go? Romans 5 1. Therefore, since we have been justified. Since we have been justified. Read it loud and clear. Since we have been justified. The Bible says, therefore, since we have been justified. And I said justified is synonymous to what? To righteousness. So you can replace this with what? righteousness therefore since we are being made righteous made righteous yeah that is now now when you are reading english and they put a word in brackets it means what it's explaining this word isn't it yes yes since, therefore since we have been made righteous. made righteous or made justified that is acquainted of sin uh-huh declared, declared blameless, blameless before God. Yes, so the word justification simply means to be declared blameless before God. The word righteousness simply means to be declared blameless before God. We have been declared blameless because before God by let us grasp the fact that we have peace with what? Yeah, you see the main reason why, the reason why the devil does not want you to understand this principle is so that your prayers are not heard. Because the moment you feel like you are incapable to go into the presence of God because of the fact that you did A, B, or C, what it simply means is that you don't literally qualify to be in the presence of God because of your sin. Hello? Yeah, but now the Bible says that therefore since we have been justified, that is acquainted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we are at peace with God. So you go to God in prayer with confidence knowing that you are at peace with God. That God doesn't hate you, that God is not angry with you. Are you getting me? Yes. You see, the moment the devil succeeds in making you feel like God hates you, God is not happy with you, what it means is that you are, you are not even confident enough to go into prayer. 
Are you getting me? Yes. You see, the devil cripples you with guilt and makes you feel incapable, unqualified, not good enough to go to God in prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not like your uncle or your father in the house. Amen? He's a merciful God. Somebody say merciful God. Merciful God. Yes, regardless of what it is you have done or did, you must, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 4, 16, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace that, and obtain what? Mercy. You must come boldly. You must be confident. In fact, when you feel you are guilty, that is when you must come boldly to the, the throne of grace. Amen. Amen? Amen. Yes, yeah, so he said, therefore, since... We have, um, um, let's, let, let's read this, um, Hebrews 4, 16. One, go. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of God, grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear. Without what? Without fear. Without what? Without fear. Without what? Without fear. So that we may receive what? Mercy for our failure. Yes. You come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy for your failures and find the, his amazing grace to help you in time of that's what I'm telling you. This whole thing about righteousness is got to do with your ability to pray. Because once the enemy makes you feel you are incapable of approaching the throne of grace, that is it. He cripples you and holds you back from having the confidence in prayer are you getting me yes and once you don't have confidence in prayer you don't have confidence in yourself and in god because you feel you are incapable and that god is not hearing your prayer what happens is that you are not strong enough to go into god in prayer are you following me yes but the scripture said therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may uh, obtain um, um, uh, with confidence that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help us in time of what need now let's go back to um, um, um our scripture to romans so justification is this we have been acquainted of sin we have been declared righteous Amen. Say, I'm declared righteous. Shall you say, I'm declared righteous? I'm declared righteous. Shall you say, I have been declared righteous? I have been declared righteous. Yes, that is what it means when we say you have been justified. It means you have been declared righteous. You have been acquainted of all sins. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that is what it means. Now, another thing you need to, next point, another thing you need to know about justification Justification means to be made what? I just said it. Justification means to be made what? To, to be declared, to declare someone righteous. That is what it means to be justified. To be given the right standing with God. That is, it also means righteousness. Righteousness means to be given the right standing with God, isn't it? Justification is the work of God where the righteousness of Jesus is reckoned to the sinner so that the sinner is declared righteous by God. Actually, the act of the difference between the righteousness um, and, and, and justification, they are synonymous words. Sorry, let me take it again. Righteousness and justification are synonymous and they are solely the act of the Holy Spirit. It's just solely the act of God. We, when we come to sanctification, you understand it's a different thing. But when we talk about righteousness and justification, it is the work of God. Nobody is involved. It is God imputing upon you blamelessness, imputing upon you a, a state of 
declaring you holy and pure and clean before him. That is justification. And I said here, justification is instantaneous. It's instantaneous. It occurs as a result of you being saved. The moment you get saved, God justifies you. Are you hearing me? Justification is instantaneous. It happens there and then. Amen? It is completely based on the work of Jesus on the cross. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior because of what Jesus did, you are declared what? You are declared what? Oh, justified. I want you to be able to understand it. See, you must grow. Somebody say grow. That you yourself can take the Bible and teach somebody else about some of these things. Amen? That is why we are here. You must, justification is an instantaneous occurrence with the result being eternal life. And it is based completely on what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Yes, that is the work of justification. That is the work that Christ did on the cross. It is, you see, can I say something that will make you, um, 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 what, is, what is your name? Grace? Grace Fares. Now, can your name be bigger? I mean, can your name be nicer than it is? It's still Grace Fares. You can change the accent to Gracie Faresie, but it's still the same. Are you getting are you getting my point? Yeah, you your name cannot be nicer than it is. Isn't it? In the same way, you cannot be righteous, you cannot be a better more righteous than you are. Because righteousness is a state that God gives you when you get saved. Are you getting my point? We are all righteous at the same level. But in, we are not sanctified the same. Because sanctification is different. For righteousness, our righteousness level is all the same. Because it is the act of the Holy Spirit. It is God that makes you righteous. And he has declared all of us what? And justified. Amen? Yes. You see, I'm not talking when I say um, 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 um. You, are, you cannot be more righteous than you are right now. I'm not talking about in behavior. I'm talking about in terms of identity. Are you getting me? Somebody may be more pure and clean and moral and, 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 and let me say righteous in behavior than another person. But in terms of identity before God, everyone is righteous equally. We are all righteous. God has declared every one of us righteous. But in terms of, that is in terms of identity. But in terms of behavior, we are not the same. Amen? Yeah. How many of you had a drink last night? Jesus is God. Liars will not go to heaven. Not what, drinking water. You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Nobody. So, we, like, like, for real, like nobody. Or I should start prophesying. Let me jump into the spirits. Are you getting me? But as we, maybe somebody drank whatever, somebody left some funny, funny house before coming here. You understand what I mean? The house you left was not your house. It is not the usual house where you live. But we are all here singing and worshipping God the same way, isn't it? We have all been made what? But do we all behave the same? No. Our behavior is different. 
And you see, and that is the point I'm trying to make you understand. We have all been declared righteous, but that doesn't mean that exactly. Amen? Yeah, so let's get it. Now let's go, go with me to First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. And uh, we go to second and Ephesians. Uh, shall we read one go? He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, mm -hmm. willingly offering himself on it mm -hmm. as on altar of so that we might die to sin, mm -hmm. becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin, mm -hmm. and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you who believe have been healed. Now let's take the first part. The Bible says he personally carried our sins. Somebody say he carried our sins. Carried our sins. Say he carried our sins. Carried our sins. He carried our sins. Carried our sins. He, in his body on the cross by willingly offering himself as uh, uh, on it as, as on the altar. Now, if you remember the illustration I did here, follow me. Are you here? Are you following? Are you following? Now, what happened here was very practical and very simple. The guy, there were so many sins here. When he sinned, Jesus takes it. The Bible says he has taken away our sins. There's a song like that. Isn't it? He has taken away our sins. So anything, he took it 2,000 years ago, even before you committed the sin that you are committing right now. He knew you will commit it. Are you getting me? Yeah, so... The sins of your past, your present, and your future had were all taken to the cross. When Jesus was being nailed on the cross, it was because of what you would do now. He paid the price for you even before you were born. Are you getting me? Are you understanding? So that when you are supposed to be receiving wrath, you are not receiving the wrath because of what he did on the cross. So in place of the wrath that was meant to come to you, he said, Father, crucify me instead. Because of um, um, Percy's sins, Jesus died on the cross. Because of Gracie's sins, Jesus died on the cross. Amen? That is the fact. And that is the reality. Now let's go to Ephesians 2. Shall we read one go? For it is by grace... Mm -hmm. God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing that you have been saved, delivered from judgment, and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. It is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, and favor drawing you to Christ that you are saved actually you have been delivered and i told you salvation means what uh, uh, yes i mean i've been giving you these terminologies over and over again you see when you read that scripture you have been saved now he's putting the explanation of being saved in brackets now he says actually delivered from and giving eternal when you say you are saved, it means you have been delivered from judgment and you have been given what? Through what? Faith. And this salvation is not of ourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserving, gracious gift of hallelujah, glory be to God. Are we together? That is what it is. That is, that is what 
Christ did on the cross. Now let's go to the next point. Now I want us to understand the concept of uh, sanctification. Somebody say sanctification. Sanctification. Say sanctification. Sanctification. Now you, you now understand justification and what? So what is righteousness? Righteousness is what? And justification is what? Being what? Uh, yes. Yes. So now let's go to the next point. Now which is sanctification. Now the difference between sanctification and justification is that justification is the act of the Holy Spirit. But sanctification requires you. You've got to get involved. Amen. Where you yourself choose to separate yourself from some things. Now justification and righteousness God gives you. But sanctification you are required to sanctify yourself. Pull yourself away from some things. Amen? So you don't stay at the place of justification. You desire to move on to Hallelujah. Are you following? I said you don't stay at the place of justification. You move on to what? Now let's read it. Sanctification is the process of being set apart for God's work and being transformed to the image of Christ. You see, when you get born again, you are declared righteous. I mean, you are going to heaven. We all believe that. But you don't end there. You must desire to consecrate and set yourself apart for God's use. Are we together? Yes. You must desire to reflect the image of Christ. That is where we ask you. So, if whatever it is that you are doing, if it was Jesus, will he have done the same? Because you must move from the place of justification to the place of sanctification where you reflect the image of Christ. The underlining word here is the image of Christ. How much, how well do you look like Christ as a Christian? How well do you resemble Jesus in your acts, in your deeds, in your behavior, in your talk, in every aspect of your life? So you don't stay at the place of just being righteous or justified. You move on into looking like Jesus. Tell your neighbor you must look like Jesus. Talk like Jesus. Behave like Jesus. Yes. So, sanctification is the process of being set apart for God's work and being transformed to the image of Christ. You see, the word Christians came from the Jews that lived in Antioch. When they saw the disciples that lived in Antioch and the way they talked, the way they behaved, the way they acted, they said these people are just like the Christ. And so they called them Christians. Are you following me? Yeah, so the word Christians, it was not it was not Jesus that gave it, it was people that called the it's like um um it's like um 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 you living I mean um 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 I wanted to coin a name for Grace Arena, but it's not coming. It's like people seeing the way you pray and you say this is a member of Grace Hour. Are you getting my point? Yeah, just by the way you pray, people just identify you with grace hour because you are a prayerful person. 
Are you getting my point? Yeah, so the, the, the disciples and the people of Antioch saw the disciples that lived in Antioch and said, these people talk like Christ, behave like Christ, and so they call them what? Christians. And that is what it must be. You must be that kind of a person that you look like Christ. Ask your neighbor, how well do you look like Christ? Amen? How well do you look like who? Yes. Now, give me us. Let me, let, let me show you us chapter 11. The word Christians came from us chapter 11. Us chapter 11, give me from verse, I think, let's read down from 24 down. Let me check. Us 11 verse 24. We, we might find it in 26, but let's read from there. Now, shall we read one go? Barnabas was a good man. Privately and publicly. His godly character benefited both himself and others. Some of us, we are good men publicly, but bad privately. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can you put your name there and read it whether it will sound good? For Collins. For Collins was a good man privately and publicly. Asaph. Asaph. Asaph was a good man privately and publicly. Does it sound good? Are you sure? You should be good privately and publicly. Ask your neighbor. The man of God is talking to you. Be good privately and publicly. Yes. You see, hello, are you here? Like I'm saying, here we are all in church dressed nice on a Sunday morning and everything. Everybody looks with good makeup like you just came from heaven. But right after here, it can be another story. So you have to be good privately and publicly. Yes. In fact, if you are to meet somebody outside of the four walls of the church, you might, you might forget whether they are Grace Arena members. One day I was in a plane and I was uh, flying down to um, Cameroon. I was going to do a crusade in Cameroon. That was in 20, 2015. So we got out of the plane and I was sitting with this guy telling me how he's a good man and how, no, you sit in a plane, you engage people. He's a man of God. What? Tell me. And when you come out of the plane in Cameroon, there are boys out there, even in Ghana, sometimes you can find it. Who want to help you push your trolley, right? So they push your, you come out, so they hold your trolley for you. Sir, boss, let me help you. So they put your trolley for you to get to your car, and they expect that you give them something. Okay? Me, I didn't know because I'm bad. But we got there. So me, myself, and this guy, he was coming late. He came in late. Um, the people that were coming to pick him wasn't there. So we pushed the trolley to where I was, my car. And then now the guy says, oh, sir, can you give me something? He says, give you something for where? I did not call you. You came here by yourself. They said, oh, you tonight. So it became a confrontation. The guy took his hand luggage. Say, pastor, hold this for me. I will beat this boy in Jesus' name. I'm like, holy God. You will beat the boy in Jesus' name. Do 
you must be good man privately and his display at the airport made me realize that that one he was only a good man privately but not what yeah some people they are good publicly but privately they are yes so let's read one go for Barnabas was a good man privately and publicly his godly character benefited both himself and others and he was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith in Jesus the Messiah through whom believers have everlasting life and a great number of people were brought to the Lord yes next verse and Barnabas left for Tarsus to search for Saul next verse and when he found him he brought him back to Antioch uh -huh. for an entire year they met with others in the church and instructed large numbers and it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Yes, so it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called one. The word Christians did not come from anywhere. It came from Antioch. Amen. And the reason why it came was that the people saw how they behaved, how they talked, the way they led their lives. And they said, these are Christians. Amen. So. By the way we look at you, we will see whether you are a Christian or not. They talk like Christ. They behave like Christ. They acted like Christ. So the word Christians came out from Antioch. Amen? Yeah, by the way the disciples were behaving in Antioch. They said, these people are just like their Christ. Their behavior, the way they talk, the way they, they acted. So, like I said, sanctification also means being set apart for a holy use. It involves the work of a person. Sanctification involves you, not the Holy Ghost. Hello? Justification is the act of the Holy Spirit, the act of God. But you being sanctified is your personal discipline. Are we together? Yes. Sanctification is your personal discipline. You must choose to. Somebody told me, ah, man of God, I've been praying. This last thing is not going. I am full of lust. I said, discipline yourself. You only deal with lust by discipline. Hello? Hello. Yes. Somebody say discipline. Discipline. Yes, you cannot. Because you are a human being. Are you spirit? No. Are you spirit? No. Yes, you are a human being. So there are certain desires that will come naturally, but you must learn how to what? Discipline. The word is what? Discipline. Yes. Discipline yourself. Consciously commit yourself not to do some things. Yeah. It involves the work of a person. But God is still working in the believer to produce more godly character. In more, and the life in the person who has already been what? justified when you are justified the spirit of god comes to live in you so just because you know god and god is in you sometimes just because of the fact that you are in god there are some things you don't want to do because you know you are a christian isn't it yes hello hello yeah so that is what holds you so god is still working in you to bring you to a place where you develop the godly character you develop the fruits of the spirit how mature a christian is is not determined by how well they pray 
It's not determined by how well they can preach or sing or, or prophesy or anything. How mature a Christian is is determined by how well the person is able to demonstrate the love of God. How they are able to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. The amount of the fruit of the spirit they can exhibit. That is what shows their spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not determined by the gifts they can demonstrate. But it is determined by the fruits of the spirit they can demonstrate. Are you getting me? Yes. Oh, somebody can preach and do the hey, serious things. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. This guy was going to beat somebody in Jesus' name. Amen. I said maturity in God is not determined by the amount of what? The gifts they can demonstrate, but it's determined by the amount of what? The fruits of the spirit they can demonstrate. Are you getting me? So the fact that somebody can pray for one hour doesn't mean they are matured in God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Yes. Now let's go. Shall we read one go? Yes, you see, the work of sanctification, in as much as it requires your personal discipline, you must rely on God. Amen? Amen? Tell the Lord to help you to stand on his word and commit yourself to disciplining yourself. Now, let's go to the next point quickly. Yes, let's. Now, sanctification is not instantaneous because it, is, it isn't the work of God. Come on, come on. It's written there. Sanctification is not what? But justification is what? Righteousness is what? Instantaneous. It is given to you. But sanctification is not instantaneous. It's not like it is put on you. No. Sanctification is a process. You must constantly sanctify yourself. Constantly set yourself apart from the things of the world. Amen? Sanctification is when the justified person decides to submit themselves to the will of God by resisting sin and seeking what? Holiness. Glory be to God. Are you getting me? Sanctification is when the justified person, the one that has been declared righteous, I mean, submits themselves to the work of the Holy Spirit, submits themselves to God's will and God's word and choose not to do some things. Amen? Yes, you decide that these things I'm not doing anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell yourself, there are some things I'm living tonight, today. Yes, what are some of the things tell us we want to hear? So that we will keep you in check. Say, there are some things I'm living today. Yes. The Bible is written in the Bible. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5, it says, I think verse 16, confess your sins to one another. But that scripture, we cannot apply it these days because if you are to confess to your friend like now, you would have better gone to citizen and told them to announce all your sins. Now, scripture said, therefore, confess your sins to one. Yes, tell us, justice, what are your sins? Tell us. <laughs> huh? That one. <laughs> Amen. Yes, and imagine the Bible says we should confess our sins to one another. How many of you are comfortable confessing your sins to your brother? 
Those of you that used to go to Catholic, used to confess it to the priest. But apparently, I didn't even know that the priest doesn't see your face. Huh? You, he, oh, the priest sees you, but you don't see the priest. Ayah. We should have passed through Catholic before coming here. Hey, then the priest, they hear a lot of things. So, wow. Dangerous things. So, sanctification, let's continue, is when the justified person decides to submit themselves to the will of God and resist what? Sin and seek what? And seek what? And seek what? Yes, yeah, seek to set yourself. The word holiness means, simply means to set yourself apart. You are seeking to set yourself apart. You are seeking just to set yourself apart. And then now, when we say you are seeking holiness, you are seeking these things. Galatians 5.22. You are seeking them. You are seeking the fruit of the spirit to be made manifest in you. Amen? Now, by the fruit of the spirit, how many of you believe that the Holy Ghost is in you? If the Holy Spirit is in you, you must be demonstrating the fruit of the spirit. Amen? And that is what shows that you are mature. Not how much tongues you can pray. Amen? Your maturity in God is seen by your ability to demonstrate these things. But the fruit of the Spirit is results in the presence of God within us. That is the result of the prayer. Now, thank you. I love this. But, shall we read one go? By the fruit of the Spirit, the result of the presence of God within us. That is it. The fruit of the Spirit is the result of the presence of God in you. It is the result of the fact that you we can tell you are saved. Not the tongues you are praying here. The fruit of the spirit is the result of the presence of God within you. That, and it's, it's what? Love. Unselfish concern for others. Yes, not the love you are talking about. The one you were told last night that doesn't matter. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you were lied to last night? Somebody told you they love you. This morning. Okay. Now let's go. Come again. Joy. Uh huh. The, the fruit of the spirit is first what? Love. The second one was what? Joy. Joy is what? Inner peace. The next one is what? Peace. Peace. The next one is what? Patience. Patience. The next one is what? Kindness. Goodness. The next one is what? Goodness. The next one is what? Faithfulness. So we and the next one is what? Gentleness. The next one is what? Yeah, against this, there is no... Yeah, again, if you are able to demonstrate these things, these nine um, fruits of the Spirit, forget about the law. That's what it means. Forget about, don't do this and all those commandments in the law. Against these things, there is no law. If you're able to demonstrate gentleness, self-control. Somebody say self-control. How many of you can control yourselves? Control yourself. Self-control. How much of self-control is in you? As a child of God, how much of the, that fruit is in you? How much of gentleness is in you? How much of what? The next one? Faithfulness. How faithful are you? Goodness. Kindness. How kind are you? Patience. I think me, I have eight. They are nine. It's remaining with one. Which one? 
Patience, yes. Everybody knows. So if you don't know, now you know. Some of you even have only two. Me, at least I have eight. <laughs> the spirit is working. Yes. Faithfulness, joy, love, peace. Well, how does it amplify the explain patience? Let me look at it. Not having, not, not the ability to what? But how we, that is powerful. How we act whilst we are what? Yes. Not having the ability to wait. So, you need to demonstrate these gifts. Somebody say these gifts. These fruits, sorry. The fruits of the spirit must be seen. That is when we say you are sanctifying yourself. You are setting yourself apart. And these things begin to manifest in you. Hallelujah. Yes, now let's move on to the next point. My time is up. I, I wish I was going to finish this. But let me finish this. Amen. Yes, I've got seven minutes to go. Now, let's, the difference between justification and sanctification, at least now you know, isn't it? Who can tell me the difference? What is the difference between justification and sanctification? Sanctification is what? Who can tell me? Raise your hand. Who can tell me? Yes, Duan. Sanctification, help me with the microphone. Sanctification is a process. Somebody say sanctification is a process. Let me give you a, a, an understanding. When you got born again, I mean, there are some things you still used to do. But with time, you stop doing them, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a process. You are gradually separating yourself from certain things. But justification is instantaneous. You are given, you are declared justified the day you get saved. Some of us, we are sanctification, you don't finish. We are still sanctifying ourselves. Amen? Amen. Is that not so? Yes. Is there any perfect person here? No. Yeah, we are gradually every day and every night being moved in the process of sanctification every day we are still sanctifying ourselves i mean sanctification ends the day jesus will come it's a process somebody say it's a process sanctification is a process but justification is what instantaneous whereas justification is a legal declaration that is instantaneous sanctification is a process now justification is strictly from nothing of us isn't it while sanctification comes from God within us by the work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we contribute to sanctification through our... Come on, it's written there. Let's read. We contribute to our sanctification through our... Yes, what you do. Avoid this. You are not doing this. You are not doing that. Amen? That is sanctification. However, we do not contribute to justification. Amen? Justification is strictly the act of God. Amen? Yes. Sanctification requires commitment to God, godly living, discipline, and self-denial. And these are the things, I mean, possibly in the future I'm going to talk about. Somebody said godly living, discipline, and self-denial. For you to sanctify yourselves, you need those things. You need godly living. You need what? Discipline. You need what? Yes, you need to learn how to deny yourself. Because all things can be available to you, but you need to know what you need to discipline yourself from. Amen? Yes. And deny yourself for godly use. That is sanctification. You choose to deny yourself for godly use. Now let's go to the scripture. 
Shall we read one go? After I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not be as unfit for service. Yes. You see, there is always a battle. Somebody shout a battle. Let me explain it again. Can I get a big person? Somebody who is a big, strong, and a smaller, smallish person. Smallish person. Smallish person. Smallish person. Yes, come. Mark. Mark is a bit smallish. And then, now you, you are big, but I want someone bigger. Collins, come. Yes, Mark, come. Yeah. This one is not small. This one is big. Uh, okay. James, come. James, come. Yeah, you come. Yes, you. Yeah, yeah. Mark, let me use this one. Come. Yes, come. James, okay. Get, get back. Get back for me. Get back for me. Now, are we here? Hold it. Hold it here. Now, thank you. Can I get... Now, let's assume this is the flesh. Somebody say the flesh. And this is the spirit. Now, James, stand behind him for me. Now, every person you are a tripartite being, say tripartite being, you are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. You are a three-in-one being. This is what happens all the time. Every time, if this is your flesh and that is your spirit, now, come, sir. If this is your spirit and that is your flesh, which one of them is bigger? Switch. Yeah, okay. Switch here. Switch. Yes. If this is your flesh and that is your spirit and you are in between... Every day before you, call, you do anything, there is always a battle, isn't it? Ah, this one is telling you, don't do it. This one said, do it, do it, do it. And this one is telling you what? Hold me. Don't do it. You are a child of God. You are saved. You don't have to do that. Now, you are being pulled either way. Amen? So your flesh is here and your, your spirit is here and your flesh is here. So, Based on which part of you that you have strengthened, if your flesh is stronger, your flesh pulls you and you end up in sin. Okay? Because most of you, you don't feed your spirit. You don't feed your spirit with the word of God. You don't feed your spirit with prayer. You don't feed your spirit with fasting. There are some things that you do that grows your spirit, man. You don't do it. So every now and then when there is a battle, you end up here because you have not fed your spirit, man. Hello? James says in Galatians 5, 16, 17 that there is a, there is a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Are you getting me? Give me Galatians 5. Give me verse, um, this verse what? Previous verse? Now, give me New King James quickly, if you can. Galatians 5, 15. In New King James, yes. But, uh, go to the next verse for me. I said, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the last of the... Now, next verse. 
Thank you. The Bible says the flesh lusts against the spirit. This is the flesh and there is always a contrast. There is always a battle. So the flesh is pulling you. Your spirit is pulling you. And they are in contrast against one another. So that you do not do the things you. Come on, it's written there. Let's read it like we, we can read. One go. Against the spirit. Mm -hmm. And the spirit against the flesh. Mm -hmm. And these are contrary to one another. Uh -huh. So that you do, do the things that you wish. Yes. That you really want to serve God. You really want to do the right thing. And that is the real you is the spirit. But now your flesh. Somebody say your flesh. Your flesh, your flesh is pulling you. Hold me. Your flesh is pulling you so strong to do the wrong thing. So every now and then you don't do the real things you want to do. You don't do it because of your flesh. Because your flesh is stronger. You are fed your flesh. And the things that feed your flesh are the things you see. The things you hear. Hello. Yes. Everywhere you go. Bad things are everywhere. Social media, Instagram, wherever. Things that feed your flesh that will lead you to sin are everywhere. Isn't it? Yes. Now, so as long as there is a battle between your flesh and your spirit, you will not be able to do the things you wish. It is written that the things you want to do. If you give me in NLT. If you are not able to feed your spirit, because you are always in a battle, but there is always a battle. Shall we read? One go. Mm -hmm. Okay. The spirit desire is opposite to what your sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices are never free from this conflict. Are you here? Yes. So the question is, which part of your body are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh? So what happens is that if you feed your flesh by seeing the wrong things, hearing the wrong things, there are certain people after they talk to you for 30 minutes, it's as if you have sinned. Hallelujah. Do you know them? Yes. The way they, the way they speak, the way they talk, it is just impure and unholy and ungodly. You need to learn how to stay away from such people. Are you getting me? Yes. The Bible says avoid certain people. Scripture says we should avoid some people. Yeah. These are some of the people you need to avoid. So if you are feeding your flesh, you would always end up in sin and you will never move from the place of confession. Every day your prayer will be confession. Why? Because you are constantly feeding your flesh, your sinful nature. Your flesh is your sinful nature. Amen? Take me back to Amplified. But now, let's assume I'm feeding my spirit. Hold me. The flesh is pulling me and my spirit is pulling me. The spirit looks small because when you get saved, it is fresh. But you started, I mean, feeding your flesh from the day you were born. You started feeding your flesh. But your spirit gets, comes in or you get the Holy Spirit to come inside you or your spirit is recreated from the day you get saved. Now, when you begin to feed your flesh, now this one comes in. Hold on. Hold on. You are together. Your flesh is now grown like this. So, it's like these two people pulling you. Now, come in. All these people all these people are together pulling you against your flesh. So there is no way you will yield to the desires of your flesh. Why? Because you have fed what? 
your spirit your spirit has grown you are mature you know how to stand you know the word of god you are moved by the spirit you are not constantly yielded to sin why because you are fed what your spirit are we together but if you are always feeding your flesh there is no way you'll be able to break away from sin put your hands together for jesus you can have your seats Are we together? Now take me back. So now we understand justification and we understand sanctification and we understand. Now to go to the last one. That's it. Okay. Now, so you understand justification, you understand righteousness, you understand holiness, you understand um, um, how to walk in your sanctification constantly understanding that sanctification is a process and you must constantly commit yourself into disciplining yourself feeding your spirit for you to be sanctified you must constantly feed your spirit hallelujah yes you must constantly feed your feed your and how do you feed your spirit with the what with the what give me first peter chapter 2 First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. And then let's be upstanding. Time is up. Let's be upstanding. Shall we read? One go. The Bible says like newborn babies you should desire what? The pure milk of the word there is the word of yes you must desire so that you will be natured the word nature and say grow in respect to your salvation for you to grow you don't just have to watch Netflix you must what desire the sincere milk of the word somebody say desire the milk of the word the yeah, the you need to desire the word of God. You need to connect with the word of God. You need to be praying. Amen? Amen. Yes. The word of God helps you to grow in the word. In the Lord. I don't want to get back to this sermon again. That's why I want to try to push it through. Yes, there are other things, but I'm, 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 I'll just say. So the word of God helps you to sanctify yourself. Because you see, when you, the more you study the word, the more you get God in you, the more you reflect the image of Christ. Amen? Amen. You begin to reflect Christ. And another thing that helps you to grow and develop power is prayer. Somebody say prayer. Prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Yes. When you grow in prayer and you develop the culture and the habit of prayer, what happens is that you begin to build capacity. You begin to build spiritual energy. Somebody say spiritual energy. Spiritual energy. Yeah. Now, give me James 5, 16 to 17 from the Amplified. I wish you have the Amplified Classic you have Amplified Classic? Okay, give me there. Check if you have Amplified Classic. If you don't have this, we leave it there. Now let's read what it says. One go. Mm -hmm. 
Now let's read the last part. The earnest. Now the Bible says, I wish we could capture just this last part and put it at the top. The endless heartfelt prayer of the righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in his working. Halimi Gadosha. I receive. When you get him to prayer, you develop tremendous power. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus. I receive. That you shall develop tremendous power in your prayer life. That you shall develop tremendous power in your prayer life. That grace shall be released upon you. That you shall build capacity spiritually. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Now just begin to talk to God and tell the Lord. Father help me to build myself. Help me to sanctify myself. Grant me grace that I will be able to stand. Grant me the grace to commit myself to personal discipline. Lift up your voice and come on begin to pray. Rabalo Shabaha de Becado Shabaya Lebrado Shalala Brantene Mecadosha. Come on, talk to the Lord, 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 Lecado Shabahala Baya. Leke de de bo shabra zaka Ikala la bro shalala bazana na matosha Ikado shabadia ato shalala brantata Rabababakalo shalala brantata Father we are so God May you cause us so God Lipato shabede de de bo shaka Ikede de de bo shabaya you are taking your last prayer. You are telling the Lord. That me. The Bible says it is the Lord that gives us power. When you read the book of Isaiah. He says he gives power to the faint and to them that has no might. He increases their strength. You are telling the Lord. Father increase my strength. Empower me today. When he reads sanctification in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 to 26, the Bible says, And I, the Lord, I will cause you to walk in my statutes. You are telling the Lord, Father, help me to walk in you. 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 Help to live for you. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. 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 Shalala Gadosha. Lebrado Shalala Gadosha.
Father, we thank you and we honor you. Let the prayers of God ascend unto you like sweet incense. And let the lifting up of our hands be like the evening sacrifice. Hear us, O God. Help us that we may sanctify ourselves unto you. In Jesus' matchless name, I we pray and everyone said amen. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Are you blessed you came to the house of the Lord? Have you learned something? See, it is an error for you to go into a service and not learn. Because you didn't go just there to be entertained. You went there to grow. Amen? Yes. Now, we've been going to close for the second service. By the grace of God, um, um, a week like this, one of us will be relocating. So I want to pray. I'm going to pray for you in the second service. Amen? Yes. Yvonne is relocating. Hallelujah. You all heard a testimony. She's relocating, so we need, she needs to be prayed for and officially released. Amen? Yeah, I'm going to do that for you in the second service. And I pray that many of you also will relocate. Let me tell you, me, I want you to be better. I want your life to be better. So if God opens the door for you to go to America, I will make sure you go. Amen? Go to live in Canada, you will go. Yes, God will bring new people. Amen? Yes. And I'm praying that God will bless you all with international favor. That you not be a local champion. This era of forever remaining at, uh, at the river. And where is this? Kahawa is over. Amen? Say, God, change my story. Yes, so God is going to change our stories. And God is going to favor us. Now, this Friday, somebody say, this Friday. What is happening? Say like your voice is here. This Friday is our prophetic Kesha. Yeah, so please don't exempt yourself. It's a time of prayer. The only thing that can change the heavens for you is prayer. Yeah, so you need to make sure you are here this Friday for a power encounter. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. Be here on time. And the Lord God will bless you. Is there anyone that has sent you? If you've given your tithes, come forward. Let me pray for you. If you have not been prayed for, come forward. All tithes, if you have sent your tithe or you have your tithe with you, let, let us pray over it before you drop it. Or if you have dropped it, if you have it here, just come. If you have sent it, just come. Tithe is one-tenth of your income. As you honor God with your tithe, he will honor you by his word that says he'll open the windows of heavens unto you and he'll pour a blessing unto you that you don't have room to contain. Just come forward, just come forward. We understood that tithe is not a matter of giving, but it's a matter of faithfulness. It's not how much you give, no. But it's about how faithful you are with your tithe that matters. Amen? Father, we thank you for the life of these ones. As they have honored you with their tithe, may you honor them in your word that says, you open the windows of heavens unto them and give them a blessing that they will not have room to contain. May that word be fulfilled in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke the devourer for their sake. Let the coming man be a man where they will receive overflow of financial blessings. In Jesus' name, we declare it now with thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seat. Is there anyone that is fellowshipping with us for the very first time? Is there anyone that is fellowshipping with us for the very first time? Let's see the first time as well. Let's see, let's see them wonderful, wonderful. After service, we would like to see you, all of you seated here. First time, let's see you by hand. After service, we want to see you sit right here. Come this way. Just sit right here. 
after service and we'd like to meet you and have a short word with you and uh, refresh you as well and we know you shall be blessed amen let's be upstanding all professional workers remain behind after service is an urgent meeting in terms of doctors lawyers and um, all forms of professions engineers whatever profession that you are in just remain behind and see pastor lace and then all men are supposed to see bishop lanya after service let's be outstanding as we close let's be outstanding i've told you i want us to close before 12. amen i want to close before midday we declare them sanctified let them go and bring favor in jesus name let's make our prophetic prayer let's make our declarations one go The Lord has connected me to the right partner in every aspect of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's take, let's say let's share the grace we want to call the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Let's share the confession of faith, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over surely. Goodness and mercy blessings and favor, anointing and prosperity shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Now watch this. Please this man we want to do a giving. We want to support the people in our community. Amen. We want to support. I told you there is no church if the community and the unbelievers around us don't feel our presence and the only way we're going to do that is to support them amen we're going to be giving to them clothes we want to be giving to them food we want to be giving to them things so that we use that as an evangelistic tool to minister to the people hallelujah amen so if you have used clothes don't bring torn clothes here use clothes that are good enough and you want to give it out you can bring if you have got dry food you can bring and we can minister to the people around this area. I mean, South B, South C, Langata, all those, these areas. Amen. All the mechanics around here, we need to bless them. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's do that together as a ministry. And I know that the Lord will bless us. Hallelujah. Amen. We, want to, we are going to visit the police. The police uh, here, we're going to minister to the, even the police. Force. Hallelujah. So that they can physically protect us amen yes so that we we are we want we they have been good unto us every time they come around to support us we also have to also assist them in any in a way that we can amen yes and the lord god will bless us hallelujah to the glory of god i want to 
I'm saying, let me tell you so that you know, um, you don't, God willing, next year, January, we will be opening our first branch in the Nairobi. Hallelujah. Yes. We are believing God to open a new branch. And then um, I will send one of you as pastors. Maybe I can send Pastor Dickens to go to wherever. Hallelujah. And you can go and handle that. And the Lord God will bless you. Amen. Let's sing our prophetic song as we go home. The Lord bless you.